Hi, and welcome to Freshly Squeezed True Crime. She a mini. I went back to somewhere that's been missing us. Where? What the fuck is going on? Why are you looking at me like that? Miami. <laughs> Cocaina. We haven't been to Miami in so long. They kicked us out. Have you heard of the Miami Poltergeist? I've heard of the Miami Sound Machine. So have I. <laughs> But I didn't write anything about that. Oh, okay. Have Sorry, Gloria Stefan. No. It's a famous case. Here we go. So, Tropication Arts Incorporated was a novelty warehouse on 54th Street in Miami, Florida. It was owned by Alvin... And the Chipmunks. Lobheim and Glenn Lewis. And that's probably not how you pronounce his name. Please excuse. During the winter of 1966-67, to 67, for six weeks... Items were being moved, smashed, and hurled across the room at alarming rates. The events began on December 15, 1966, when several glass and ceramic novelties were found broken. Lobheim, who? Alvin, (laughs) (laughs) assumed it was due to the sloppy work of the shipping clerks, so he took them to a side to show them the correct way to place things on shelves, at least eight inches from the edge, and as he walked away, one of the glasses he had just carefully placed on the shelf fell to the ground. Yes! (laughs) Can you see him, like, like, asshole-splaining? I don't want to see mansplaining, because the employees were... No. Like, asshole-splaining, this is how... And then... Eight inches from the edge. (laughs) And as soon as he turns around, fuck you. And it said the other two employees were 15 feet away from the show. (laughs) That's even better. (laughs) When telling the story later, he would say from then on, everything started to happen. Boxes came down. A box of about 100 back scratchers turned over and fell with a terrific clatter on the other side of the room. And then we realized that there was something definitely wrong around here. (laughs) No shit. What fucking gave it away? For days, they would pick things up as fast as they would fall down, and it would go on all day. He says, quite violently, but not hurting anyone, but things would fall to the floor. We tried to keep it quiet because we knew it could hurt our business, because we were right in the middle of a season, and it would draw a bunch of curiosity seekers. Ah, that shit would get old after a while if I'm an employee there. He wasn't wrong. (laughs) A bunch of curiosity seekers came. (laughs) What's going on? But they weren't able to keep it quiet. People coming into the warehouse would see things and tell other people. And the activity was just getting worse and worse. Workers were starting to freak out, so the police were called in to investigate. (laughs) Patrolman William Killen was the first officer to arrive at the warehouse. He was wary of the call because he knew the story was BS, and he didn't know why he was sent out there. Hey, what the fuck is going on here? But he walked around the warehouse and, sure enough, a glass fell and broke right in front of him. He called in for backup and while he was waiting, he saw two more boxes fly off the shelves. Alvin had a friend, Howard Brookers, who was a professional magician. So he called him up and asked him to come in and figure out what was going on. Because he was a fucking magician? Mm-hmm. That's all it takes to investigate this shit? Yes, because a professional magician would be able to tell, like, what tricks were at play. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now you've got three policemen, a magician. <laughs> it's like a fucking joke. Two warehouse owners and a bunch of employees all trying to figure this out together. And a Ouija board. You know what's not there? One, fuck, one fucking female. We would have figured that shit out. Actually, there, there, another one comes in later. Here we go. Glasses and beer mugs levitated before their eyes, falling to the ground. More boxes would topple over right in front of their eyes. 
When the police and the magician investigated, they couldn't find any vibrations on the shelves or wires, threads, or any other secret devices that could be used to create disturbances. Can you imagine the insurance claim on this shit? They had, I don't have it in here, the insurance claim guy came and did a check, too. Like, there's all these, there's all these, one, at one point they talk about an airline pilot, and I'm like, why is he what mentioned, the like, the, they keep talking about this pilot investigating, I'm like, why? Are we running out of occupations? They, they called everybody. <laughs> so much for keeping it a fucking secret, huh? Well, one of them called Susie Smith, who at the time was an author of a popular parapsychology book. Okay. So... She comes in and she examines the warehouse. But when she thinks sees things moving around, she calls in two parapsychology investigators, William Roll and Gaither Pratt. Gaither? We're in Florida. You're right. <laughs> the investigators stayed for 10 days. After recording absolutely every detail, they realized that the events only happened when warehouse employee Julio Vasquez was around. This spooky motherfucker, huh? Mm-hmm. Julio was a 19-year-old Cuban refugee, and it was said that the activity was most intense when he seemed to be irritated or upset. Oh, I think I know him. <laughs> I'm not sure. This is like 67. He's 19, so. <laughs> okay, so I know someone like him. <laughs> Roland Pratt ran some tests with Julio. They would give him a random object and have him place it on a shelf. Then they'd watch as the item would fall and break. They'd watch his hands. They'd watch everything. Like, apparently this guy was doing nothing. They set up blockades and would watch as items would go over the barriers and then <laughs> fall to the floor. <laughs> so now, like, now we're really destroying this fucking like store. They in front of glasses and the glasses would just, whoop, instead of just crashing through the piece of paper. Oh, my God. Yeah. They also interviewed him and found out that Julio has experienced some personal problems recently. He missed his mother and grandfather who were back in Cuba. And in December, right before these events happened, mm -hmm. his stepmother had kicked him out of her house. Mm. He had feelings of unworthiness and low self-esteem. He had nightmares about death and admitted to suicidal tendencies. No. He admitted that he didn't like his boss and he felt happy when the items in the warehouse broke. As we do right now. What's he wrong? One of the two employees that he asshole explained how to set things on a shelf properly to, by the way. Okay, well, that's what happens when you're an asshole supervisor. The paranormal experts explain that all the paranormal activity was due to an unconscious psychokinesis stemming from Julio's feelings. Psychokinesis is the mind's ability to affect the external world. I kind of want to learn how to do this so I can piss some people off. I don't want to tell you how many hours as a kid I tried. Okay. On January 30th, 1967, Julio was fired from for stealing petty cash. No! Not for breaking half of the fucking store? Nope, for stealing petty cash. And after that, he left. And the paranormal events stopped. That sucks. He was so much fun. I know. He was drawing in business. I know. Kind of like, remember in, in the Little Shop of Horrors? Where did you get that plant? And that's when the whole store blew up and everybody was shopping. <laughs> that's my mini. Jesus. I did good on time with that one. Well, yes, we did. That was a fun one. <laughs> all right. Go to fstcpod.com for all the links and all the stuff. And to Haley. We're chucking corn. We're shucking corn or chucking corn? Uh, I don't know. We're not even going to squeeze the corn first. We squeeze here. Oh, we squeeze? Um, it's spooky season, so we're going to squeeze a gory head. Oh, we're going to squeeze an eyeball. I liked gory head, too. 
Okay, so let's do gory head in this one and then eyeball in the next one. Squeeze gory head till the eyeball pops out. Oh. Okay. Love horror. Okay, bye. Bye.